Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Paul Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 Black Stock Road. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats cooked for. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She will, she will love for you to visit, so make sure you stop by on Monday, Thursday, and Friday from 11 to 6, Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, and she would love for you to visit. So thank you, Miss Charlene, for being a sponsor once again for the Cross the Line podcast as we are on our tour. Um, we went from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now we are in College Park, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we have another very special guest, a serial entrepreneur, Miss Valerie Bridges Lee. How are you? I am fantastic, and welcome to College Park, College Georgia. Park. Yeah. We, welcome. we enjoyed it. Um, we had a great conversation off camera, so I know people are going to enjoy it. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to um, sit with us. And like I said, I was, you know, I do a lot of homework. I do my research before or I reach out to people and just reading your story. I was like, you know what? I think she would be somebody great that we need to uh, try to have on. So thankfully, wow. you you reached out to us. I mean, you responded and you were happy to come join us. So thank you so much. For Absolutely. That. And I, I told you before. I said, wait a minute. Do I have an hour's worth of information folk want to hear but maybe i do maybe i do it's just encouraging and motivating other entrepreneurs and any other things that they want to do any other career so i'm excited about being here thank you so much yes ma'am because entrepreneurship is something that we we're very big on on the podcast um Mm -hmm. i don't think i told you but at first this was supposed to kind of start off as a uh sports podcast with me and some of my friends um as we called it across the line podcast because we were going to cross Cross the line and talk about different things. So that's why we it. came up with the podcast. I love it. Well, you know, after you graduate from college, life happens and everybody has to work and pay yes. bills and everything. So yes. I kind of kept held on to the name and just started doing my own journey. Uh, and then we just led us to here right now. This has been uh, about two years in the making now that I, well, actually, including all the interviews, it's been five years, but consistently with the Cross the Line podcast, it's been about two years now going mm, on three years that's so, awesome so you should be giving yourself a hand for yeah, that that's awesome yes yeah, it's, it's, it's been a blessing man it's, it's been tough I'll it is entrepreneurship it's tough. is tough though it is. it's tough but you know I, I like i told you before we started like i just pay attention to the signs yes. and some days where i'm like man am i doing the right thing mm-hmm. um, i'm just like it's always something like somebody reach out to me hey man i, I like what you're doing confirmation yeah, confirmation mm-hmm. like you inspired me to like start my own business that's right and, so and that I, tells you you cannot stop right. you cannot quit absolutely right and, and then it's like you know I, it was always there but now on my timeline on facebook and on instagram i see a lot more of my friends like starting business makeup or clothes right. or whatever it is right. now i see a lot more people investing in themselves and creating mm-hmm. their own opportunities which mm-hmm. i love to see and I'm not Absolutely. taking credit for that because you still have to have something in you that you makes do. you want to go get it. You do. But it's just like now I'm like, okay, I know I'm doing something right. right. And then people will reach out, hey, how do you start a podcast mm-hmm. or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was asking you because we're going to do a podcast right. uh, here next year. So mm-hmm. we're excited and about it's, that. It's big because I think I don't like to, I don't want to throw radio under the bus, but I feel like podcasting is now like the new way to go instead it of like is. traditional radio. Absolutely. Even now, you'll see like your favorite athletes or entertainers, even they podcast. have podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like I think in the future that's definitely going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, um, people ask me all the time, and I just give them the stuff that I'm doing. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And uh, just main thing is just stay consistent. That's right. 
And you you gotta it's consistency, but you gotta continue to be hungry for it. Absolutely. When you lose that hunger, you gotta figure out how to get it back. Absolutely. Right. And I always have things like I always have these like reminders for me. Um mm. and I'll tell you anybody, I have stuff like family or for me. One of the biggest things for me is like I'm I'm thankful to have a job so I can provide for my family and, yes. and do the things that I need to do. But it's like when I go there, it's like I'm just going through the motions. So mm-hmm. every time that I go, I'm like I know this is not the, the end for me. That's like, right. I, I have to it's do the something beginning. else. Like it's mm-hmm. just the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I go to work, and you know sometimes it's just some of the small things like when, when you have to deal with management or somebody else. It's like okay, I know. This is preparing me for greater. You got to change the trajectory, change the perspective of how you look at something that's negative and turn it into something positive. I know because I'm going through this, I'm going, number one, get closer to God. And number two, I'm going to look back on this a year from now and say, I thought that was really big. And look at where I am now. Right. You know, it's an opportunity for you to reflect back and say, wow. I thought that was hard, but look at where God has taken me, you right. know? It's That's what I have to do. It's a journey. And those things like But it's like not that, easy. Oh, it's not easy at all. Definitely not I'm easy. I'm telling you. Like, I no. have things like, and it's just like those ob- obstacles. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's, I feel like it's just God just testing me, like, how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Like, do you really want this or do you just say you want it? Absolutely. And then Absolutely. when those opportunities come, you just have to, to leap on it. But I tell you, it's not hard. It's, it's not easy because... I think when people look at these interviews and see how they just see us in here. They say, oh, I'm going to go set up a podcast. No, they don't know what you have to go through But I I tell people all the time, like, I do a lot of preparation. I do Mm -hmm. a lot of reading. I do a lot of research. I I watch a lot of interviews just to study the crap because I want to see what other people are doing um, to to get to where they are. And then, you know, when you listen to what successful people went through, it's like, they didn't just pop up out of anywhere like it may seem like. Mm-hmm. They all went through a journey and a process work. to get to where they are. So, like, for me, I tell anybody, man, just study your craft and, and keep working. But right. The time and preparation for this tour, that's probably been one of the hardest things, so, somewhat stressful. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, trying to lay out the tour, like, time and the dates and make sure everything is going right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was like, man, you know what? I feel like we need to upgrade our equipment and everything. Like, <laughs> you want it tour. now, too, yeah, right? Yeah, I want everything now and everything. It's a, it's a process. You but it's going to make you process. appreciate it. Right. When you do get that upgraded equipment, you appreciate it more because you had to work to get it. Yeah, absolutely. You, know? you had to and work I was to get it. For the people watching this, uh, this is the first time. we. I have some new equipment. Like, you see the microphones now. The story behind it was um, that I, I bought my own personal equipment. And then I was talking to my brother. He said, you know what? Wait before you get the equipment. Um, let my wife look it up for you. See if she can find you something for a cheap price. And I'm just the type that I like. I'm a go-getter. I don't like to ask people mm-hmm. for anything. And um, so I went ahead and bought some equipment. He's like, man, I told you to wait. You didn't have to, you didn't have to get it. <laughs> so then he uh, he texts me and said, hey, we're going, we going out to eat. Can you make it uh, Tuesday night? And um, I told him I couldn't do it Tuesday because... We're doing something in our in our area. It's called You and It's Time We Talk, where we have a panel where we sit and talk about things to better our community. So mm. I couldn't make it at Tuesdays, but I said Wednesday would be better. Wow. So I said, all right. So we we changed the location a couple of times, and then we ended up going to um, um, Buffalo Wild Wings. And um, after we finished eating, one of my best friends, Marcus, he brought in a big box. And he said, man, we got you a gift, man. We love everything you're doing. And... Um, it had the microphones. It had a mixer. It's a big mixer, not the one right here. 
Um, I couldn't use that one yet because I don't know how to use it. So I was trying. <laughs> I stayed up last night on YouTube trying to figure out how to use it. We but, stay up many nights as entrepreneurs, yes. don't we? We do. Late nights. We do. Late nights and early mornings. But man, they, I mean, the, the, the microphones, the mixer, the stands, um, everything, they, they provided all that stuff for me, man. So that, that meant a lot to me because they, they believe in me so much that they took the time out to surprise me and, and buy me some equipment. Means a lot. I mean, that means a lot to me, even though I, I was like, you know what, man, I, I was like, you know what, let me, I had some money saved up and I just, Bought my own equipment because I was like, I believe in what I'm doing so much that I know it's going to pay off. Yeah. But then it was just like God just stepped planted in Planted a seed. You had to just, invest in, like you said, your, your um, thing is invest in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Self-investment. Self self-investment. That's yep. right. And that's part, that's a big reason why we call it the self-investment tour because we, we're, we're doing everything on our own. Um, but, you know, sometimes you do have to be willing to, you know, it's okay to ask for right. help and, and get help. Right, And right. that's something I'm still learning as an entrepreneur. It's okay to get help. Because right. sometimes you need that extra push. Because um, those are people that pour into you. One of the things that we do um, with BVB Foundation, that's one of the companies that I have, that's one of the newer companies, is we provide grants and scholarships for female minority women of color, entrepreneurs, aspiring mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. And the campaign that we have for 2020, okay, everybody has a campaign for 2020, right? Mm -hmm. But we have, we are awarding $20,000 to 20 aspiring female entrepreneurs at 20 HBCUs. Wow. And so we are really excited about that. Last year we awarded $20,000, but we didn't have a campaign that was specifically tailored to HBCUs. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have a candidate from Tennessee State that we've awarded some money. We have a candidate from Clark Atlanta, uh, Tuskegee. Uh, we're looking for other candidates. We need some folks from Spelman. I mean, it's free money. Right, it's free money right. for aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, Spelman, Clark, you know, my parents went to Clark Atlanta. It was Clark College then. Um, mm -hmm. My parents and grandparents went to Clark College. So uh, we are we are waiting to um, bless some aspiring right. female entrepreneurs in, in that, that, and, that way. And when we're talking about while we're on education, um, I, I have my feelings towards it. But, you know, one of the things I say sometimes is that, of course, you need to, I think college is a great thing. You need to yeah. go and get your education if mm -hmm. you can afford it. But for me, looking back now, uh, I know you need to go whatever school has what you're trying to major in. But for me, what I'm doing, I feel like I wish, part of me wishes now, looking back, I would have went to an HBCU so I could get mm -hmm. that education. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a different type of feeling. Yeah. It's a different type of energy. Mm -hmm. Because I did not go to an HBCU. Right. I went to the University of Georgia, which I, I don't apologize for that. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, my dad gave me a, an option. He right. said, listen, Valerie, I know you really want to go to Spelman. Mm -hmm. Now, you can go to Spelman and not get a car. Or you can go to University of Georgia where I don't have to pay out-of-state fees, etc. Well, both of them, I said, but Spelman was a lot more, and I'll get you a car. Well, at 18, there was no option for me. I said, I'm going to the University of Georgia, right. and I don't get me a car. Right. So, um, But I, I do, I personally believe that education is paramount mm -hmm. and you make it what you want it to do right. for you and so I, I went to the University of Georgia journalism public relations was my major um, and everybody at that time wanted to be Oprah 
or right. you know my one of my role models was monica kaufman um mm -hmm. on channel two she came to my school in the second grade and i said whatever she's doing i want to do right. that um so i i got a degree in um, public relations then i got my master's degree from southern tech which is now kennesaw state mm -hmm. and the funny thing about that story is i started my master's degree with my daddy mm -hmm. my daddy and i started our doctor not doctor but graduate degrees together he didn't stay in the program he said he did it just to get me in there but it was that was wow. something that that is very that's a big milestone for me that i went to school with my dad wow. um so i finished that degree and then um now 30 years later from me being an undergraduate i have started a doctorate degree at georgia state university in business with an emphasis on entrepreneurship wow. so um that's it's big it's big to me because i feel like education is something nobody can take away from Absolutely. you um oh, no, go ahead. no go ahead no no i will no. say with, with everything that you have as successful as you are did you did you really did you feel like it was necessary to, to continue going of course like i said it's a great thing to have but for you you feel like it was still more that you needed to accomplish mm -hmm. education wise i do because i feel like education sharpens you mm -hmm. so you know with me being an entrepreneur and people, my, the board, they don't like for me to say, Valerie, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a businesswoman now, right? So with that, it's a very, one, being an entrepreneur sometimes can be a very isolating, lonely place to be because you're it's always leading, time. you're always taking, you know, always making decisions. It's constant. You, my mind never rests, right? And so being a, going to graduate school and getting in this doctorate program to me sharpens me. It sharpens me. I need to learn some of the new theories. And there's not a lot of research that is being done on female black entrepreneurs. I want to put my footprint in that arena, in that body of I just, knowledge. I feel like the school system for us, when we said this in, in our previous interviews, to me it's, it's, it's watered down a lot because like we don't know a lot about ourselves and mm -hmm. our history and, mm -hmm. and our culture. That was mm -hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves with, with college. And I just feel like as far as entrepreneurship, they need to put more of that in school mm -hmm. and also need to teach us more about like real life skills, things that we're going to actually actually use. Because like I had in, at Upstate, I had like astronomy and the world. <laughs> world so things you thought, I don't like, need this. I right. never use it again. It was just mm -hmm. like these electives and stuff that I, it was just like a waste of time. Yeah. So I just, sometimes it's like, man, we're spending all this money. On stuff that we're never really going to use again. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely say doctors and lawyers most definitely, need, definitely, definitely need to go right. get education. Well, see, my industry is higher ed. Mm -hmm. I work in the higher ed industry, so I definitely need that degree. Mm -hmm. I taught at Clayton State for a year and a half, and as an adjunct professor. And in my later years, I do want to teach because I love it. It's mm -hmm. very rewarding for me, right. and so I do need that doctorate degree. Um, in that industry. So the other thing I want to mention that you said, you know, a lot of this stuff we don't use as an entrepreneur, you have a responsibility to go get the information right. mm -hmm. that that That's really true. shows how hungry you are. Mm -hmm. If you are expecting it to be and not, I'm not saying you this, but if folks expect it to be spoon fed to them. That's not characteristic of an right. entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You gotta go 
get it. You mm-hmm. got it. If, if you, there is something that you want to do, it won't probably be in the curriculum. Yeah. It's, it's mentoring. True. It's shadowing. It's whatever, you know, if somebody is doing something that you admire, you got to connect with them. Right. That's I, really I important. On-the-job like, training is very important, and it, right? And I remember graduated, and um, I went back to borrow some, uh, like some equipment to shoot an actual interview one time when I was a freelance writer for BlackSportsOnline.com. And um, I remember one of the gentlemen that was in there um, handed me a camera. I was like, man, I graduated, but he's like, you know what? Even though you graduated, the learning process is really just beginning. That's true. Honestly, That's just I set like, the foundation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, now I feel like I do a lot more learning on my own mm-hmm. than what I did in school because, mm-hmm. they, like you said, kind of like they spoon feed you and give you certain things, but it's not a lot of that you may have interest in. Mm-hmm. But now, um, one of the books, a couple of books that I read this year that stuck out a lot to me, of course, one of them is definitely Malcolm X, um, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely didn't teach us a lot of. Anything about right. Malcolm X in right. school, but just the, his transformation of where he was into what he became, mm-hmm. it was just so profound to me. And then it's another book um, called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about finding your purpose. But I, I do a lot more reading now than I did before. Um, reading and research. A lot of reading and research. That's the life of an entrepreneur and a business owner. Yep. But mm-hmm. those books, man, it was just... Uh, I open it, and so much of the stuff that he talked about, and I don't want to make it all about Malcolm X, but just so much of the stuff that he talked about, you can kind of see it today mm-hmm. in society, and it's mm-hmm. just like, man, to me, I, part, I feel like part of the reason is it's a reason why they don't want to teach you that in school. It's just, <laughs> it's a, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, it's one, probably one of the most profound books that I've read. It's definitely this year, but period, like the mm-hmm. autobiography of Malcolm X. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to read books, too, that um, that that is a book that inspires you. But for me, because some I taught a a class at Tuskegee University yesterday, which was very exciting Um, because I didn't go to an HBCU. I try Mm -hmm. to really connect myself with because I'm in higher ed with schools that are HBCUs. One of our uh, clients right now is FAMU. Mm -hmm. We set them up with a chat bot. We do a lot of support services for their student system, which is very exciting. Um, So one of the things that I like, uh, one of the students I was going back to, because you know I'm old, so I'm forgetting some of the things that I'm saying, but one of the students said, you know, what do you do to recharge? You are in a doctoral program, you have four businesses, you have your mom. Um, I listen, because I'm in the car a lot here in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. I listen to inspirational messages that motivate me. Mm -hmm. And you got to know what moves you. Yours might be books. You know, somebody Mm -hmm. else's might be connecting with someone else. But for me, when I feel, and every entrepreneur feels this, you might feel it two days, two times in a day. You might not feel it until two weeks. But everyone feels like, am I really doing what I'm supposed to do? Right. Am I in my calling? Am I in my purpose? And just like you said before our interview, there's something that will occur, some something divine that will remind you that you are doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books is The Purpose Driven Life. And the first mm-hmm. sentence of it is, it's not about you. So when you open up a book and it says, it's not about you, that means that the purpose that you're walking is not about you. It's about what you can teach someone else, right. what your example Absolutely. is going to show, what that dash between that born and died, what did you do 
what what impact did you make? And that that to me is very important, not just because I have two children, but because I want to operate as a thought leader and a trailblazer, especially for black women. Absolutely. And that's it is part of the reason why I said this before, too, is that we call um, this business more than a job because mm. we want to be known as more than just a job. It's like just life is more than just a paycheck. Right. Just going to. Just work and that's it. And you can, cause you can fall asleep just going in that cycle you over can. and over. And you then can. you just look back and you give a company 30 plus years of your life, the right. best years of your life. Right. And then it's like, that's it. And you'll look back with regrets. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to feel that way. Right. So I want to do something. I mean, like I said, it's, it's always greater to me. I love inspiring other people. But definitely just, I always tell people, man, just believe in yourself and like chase your dreams. Like it's not going to be easy. It's going right. to be things that come up. You'll never have the right amount of money you mm-hmm. want to start something. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought that the same thing. Like, you know what? I need to have this, this, and this. Right. Like I said, w- w- before this, I was just using a laptop to record everything with no microphones. And I look say, at you know, where you are now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We had a, a banner. Right. Like every, everything. Right. It was like, I just, the, the main thing is just get started. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect when you start in the beginning. Like I said, um, like I was telling you before we started, like I have probably like 70 plus interviews. Like I recorded um, and the very first thing I recorded, I was by myself. I'll never forget. I was sitting in my dad's. Um, I was sitting in my dad's storage building. And I just took the laptop and I just sat down and I talked about for about 15 minutes about sports. And I went back and played it. And I, I just wanted to hear how it sounded. And it's so hard to have a conversation <laughs> with yourself. It is hard. It's, it's, it's tough. Hard. And when I listened to it, I was like, man, I don't like the way I sound. I was like, you know what? But I had that experience with just covering the Hornets and the Panthers. And people would tell me, like, man, you sound like a, a real analyst, like, when you're talking about these games. So that's why I, I did it by myself. I just didn't like the way I sounded. But I took a little break, and then I got back to it again. I recorded one back at Upstate by myself. You had to I, reset. Yep, mm-hmm. I had to reset. Mm-hmm. And I did some with my friends. And then I just started, like, at one point, I got to a point. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go all in because I was working two jobs. And I would just work probably about 13, 14 hours a day. And I just felt like fell in the cycle, this little crazy cycle. And one mm-hmm. night I was there, I said, you know what? I got to get back up tomorrow morning at 4 o'clock and be back at 5. Don't, I won't get home till like 12 at night. That's a lot. And that said, is a lot. You know what? But perseverance and yep. persistence pays off. I said, something got to give. And see, now look at look at you, an entrepreneur mm-hmm. doing what you love, what yes, you enjoy. I love it. It's, it's been a blessing, man. And it's, sometimes you have to go through those things to kind of figure out what you really want. You like, absolutely for me, it was just do. Those working two jobs and just trying to pay off student loans. Um, I had a one job. I'm just telling you everything. <laughs> I had a job. I'm a journalist. A, That's right, okay. Right. Come on. And um, I was, and it's not about me. It's supposed to be about you, but I'm just, we just having this conversation. This is our conversation. But yes, was, we just um, invited them to our right, conversation. Right. And this gives another chance for people to hear more about my story as yes. well. But I, um, I forgot. I said I was working two two jobs to pay a $500 student loan. And so I had to end up, I ended up leaving my job at the radio station because I couldn't afford to pay my loans. I needed a full, another full-time job. And um, But the thing that I took away from working at the radio station was I was a producer. So yes. I learned how to um, fix my own audio, edit yes. my own audio. So it's like God places you in these situations mm-hmm. for a reason. That's right. So just take advantage of these that opportunities. That is right. That's right. So 
I ended up leaving there and I had to work two two jobs back and over and over and over in that cycle. Then I then I ended up giving up one of those jobs and I just started investing more time into the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's just like every place that I've been, it's happened for a reason. But I just take things, take something from where you, wherever you are in life. Don't just look at it like, man, I hate this place. You can always learn something from wherever you are. That's right. And use it for your own, wherever you're trying to go. Uh, now, and you know what? I really agree with that because um, my first job, I was a recycling coordinator. Now, I worked for waste management. That's a trash company. Mm. That was not a very glamorous job at all. I mean, part of my job duties, I would drive around to the back of buildings, commercial buildings, and see if the trash was overflowing. Trash is overflowing. That's opportunity. That means their garbage isn't getting picked up. That's what I was doing. You think Mm. I wanted to do that? But what I learned on that job, it was sales. I had a territory. And I basically was responsible for my own area and my own, you know, bonuses. How, how, what are you going to do, Valerie? Are you going to make 10 accounts close this year or are you going to settle for two? And so it encouraged me. I already, I, I think I already had the drive to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. as, a, as a young girl. But that sales job really showed me that I could work independently because as an entrepreneur, you have to be disciplined. Absolutely. You don't have anybody over you saying you need this, you need this, you need yeah. this. You have, you've got to turn this in. You have to have that self-discipline. You have to create milestones. You have to say, okay, by 2020, I want to have a new building. I want to have a new account, 20 new accounts and make it measurable. Mm-hmm. So you can see, okay, I didn't meet this goal, but what could I have done differently? What did I do good that I'm going to replicate the next year? So you have long-term goals and you have short-term goals. Every month there should be a goal, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that is one of the things that I learned in that first job that I had. I was so tired of talking trash. I'm like, I got to do something different. I need, to, I, I need a, a different environment. And so I went from that sales job um, where did I go after? So I went from, re- I, actually the first job was with a recycling company. And then I went to go work for waste management. And then I went to go work for IBM. Okay. Uh, a lot of folks your age don't know about IBM, but IBM is uh, an international business machines company. And they, I moved to California and I worked in sales there again too. And yeah. I realized, I said, you know what? I'm bringing in a lot of business for IBM, but I'm not being compensated for it Mm -hmm. because I was a consultant. And as a consultant, you do the work. You don't necessarily go out to find the work. So I worked for IBM and I also worked for the PeopleSoft practice. I don't know if you've ever heard of PeopleSoft, but Mm -hmm. this is a technology company that was um, bought out by Oracle. If you've heard of Oracle, they they Mm -hmm. bought PeopleSoft. So I worked for that company and I said, I can do this on my own. And how did I, how did I know, when did I know that it was time for me to step out on faith and be an entrepreneur? I'm not sure you're ever a hundred percent. That's why it's called faith. That's why it's called stepping out on faith. Lord, I'm not sure. Uh, One of the professors that worked with me at Clayton State loved to say that entrepreneurship is navigating ambiguity. And that's what it is because you don't know about a lot of things. And so I stepped out on faith. I put my resignation in at a conference where I presented. Mm. Now imagine I'm going to a conference in Las Vegas and I tell my manager at that conference, I'm resigning. 
I resigned and I only had a six week consulting project. That was all I had. And my mother said, are you really going to quit your job at a Fortune 500 company for a six week project? You don't have the business skills to do that. Well, if your mom tells you that, I know I, I, that was the fuel that just set me ablaze because I said, OK, I'm going to prove you wrong. Now, my mom is my best friend and she regrets that to this day. But if somebody tells me no, that that is what fuels me because, right. you know, it, it gets a lot of people down. But for me, I want you to tell me no. Right. Please yeah, tell absolutely. me no, <laughs> because that, that's really what I want on a shirt mm -hmm. that says, please tell me no, right. because I don't take no for an answer. You might not do it now, but I might come back to you two years later and it might be a yes. And it might be a yes for something completely different. Yeah, but building, but entrepreneurship is about building relationships. Absolutely. People do business with who they like. Mm -hmm. That is so important. And I wanted, I, I hate that I didn't tell the class at Tuskegee two things. You always need, and they're very simple. Please and thank you. I know that seems so simple. It seems so simple. But if you look at a lot of folks today, they don't say please and they don't say thank you. In mm -hmm. business, that is critical. And following up. Following up. So, for example, if I talk to a client now, it's a cold call because there's still colleges and universities that we don't have that we want. So we mm -hmm. cold call them. Um, and if I if we are afforded an opportunity to speak with the registrar, the provost, the president, we immediately follow up with a thank you. And not just a thank you email, but a thank you note. I don't mm -hmm. ever want it to come off of their mind. I want VB Consulting, which is the IT consulting firm, to stay on their minds. Whatever IT um, issues that they need, I want them to come to us as their point of contact. Right. And we'll help find the resources to help with the solutions. That'll, that'll go a long way. It goes, goes a, a long, long way. way. I want to go back to something. That, a couple of things that you said when you said about no, like hearing no, they drive you. Oh, yeah. And one of those things, I actually wrote a book. Um, it should be coming out soon. In the All right, author. Yeah, I, I'll Come tell you on more now. About that as well. <laughs> but, um, it's like, no, I, I said in my book, I said, no, it's not what you want to hear, but it, it's what you need to hear. Mm. Because it, it forces you to go back to the drawing board and, you know, kind of tweak whatever you think is That's going right. on. And for me, That's that right. was one of the best things that happened because. I always said when I, doing the broadcast, and I just felt like I was like, you know what? I've been in front of the professor, the greatest athletes in the world. I'm going to work at Fox or ESPN right after I graduate. Mm -hmm. So I would just send in my resume with the stuff I've done. I'm like, I'm pretty sure not to be you know cocky or anything. I'm like, I was, Confident. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was 22 years old at the time, and I was like, you know what? I I don't think it's too many 22 year olds that's been sitting in front of professional athletes that's doing right. interviews. That's right. But I kept hearing, you know, you lack experience, like experience. So I was like, you know what? That just forced me to create my own opportunity. That's what that no own. did for you. Absolutely. Yep. So it's always Absolutely. like you can always take those things from um, 
like here and no. Because a lot of times you can get discouraged. You can. And it's, and it's human to get discouraged. Right. But you got to rechannel that energy. Okay, you don't use it. Because I was telling my daughter this today. She was upset that she got a C on, a, on a, uh, an assignment. I said, baby, rechannel that energy. Start doing as much practice as you can in mm -hmm. geometry. You know, five five problems may not be enough for you. You might need to do 10 or 20. Right. The Practice makes permanence, you know, mm -hmm. keep doing it, keep going for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And something else you said was, you know, you were doing all this, bringing in these clients for, I think it was IBM, you said you were bringing mm -hmm. in IBM and, and PeopleSoft. Like, you, you do all this work for a company and then, you know, they reap all the benefits pretty much. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I look at that the same way for, my, for myself. Now, now they don't, I don't agree with that completely. They don't reap all Not the benefits because you got to figure out what you need to get from that company that will catapult you into right. your next level right that's right? true that's yeah true. that's the that's the way that we have to look at when we work for a company again foundation this is short term for mm -hmm. me what do i need to learn who do i need to align myself with so that when i am an entrepreneur when i am a business owner i might go back to those same people and ask for advice you're planting they're mm -hmm. planting seeds so right. i call that that's the time where you're fertilizing you're fertilizing mm -hmm. and then you're blooming mm -hmm. when you are in the entrepreneurship phase right because yeah. i always say you know i'm always learning from what i'm doing now Especially one of the things I had to do was like get up early. So it's entrepreneur. Oh God! You have to get up early Ooh, anyway. Yes, you cannot sleep late right. as an entrepreneur. I'm up at most mornings four a.m. Yeah, well, I'm up four a.m. Right now for us, we have to be at work at like maybe four o'clock in the morning. So mm -hmm. we get up at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. But I, I just look around sometimes while I'm at work. I'm like, man, I, I'm doing X, Y, and Z for them, and none of the stuff in here is mine. And at any given moment, like they can walk me out. Nothing is guaranteed. So at the same time. Why wouldn't I want to go ahead and, and bet on myself is also because the things yep. that I'm doing here, I'm putting in the work here. I should be willing to put in that same amount of work, if that, especially, well, even more work on myself mm -hmm. to get to where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And so. it's easy to say, wow, I'm putting all this work in here. But maybe it should be, oh, you know what? I am putting all this work in here, but wow, when this becomes my own, when I do my own thing, I'm going to use this to catapult me. Because mm -hmm. it's, it it's easy. I mean, I remember when I worked for, um, for waste management. So I, before I was an outside sales rep, I was an inside sales rep. And it was like telemarketing. And I was just like, why do I have to do this? This is just terrible. I have a college degree. Why am I calling people? It's like Dial America a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I learned from that is now I'm using those same skills that I learned when I was doing that with waste management as an inside sales rep. I would look at the outside sales reps and I would say, I can do that. Why am I not being promoted for that yet? It right. took it was God's timing because I needed to be in that incubation period where I was learning more tools as well. So no 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 experience is um don't take any experience that you have for granted because right. there's always something, something good in it. It might be a ninety nine things that were bad, but it's always nice. something good. In, in, in what we go through. Absolutely. I got a list of questions that I don't even think I have these. <laughs> started asking these questions that I have. One thing is we're talking talk about entrepreneurship. How, how did you get into entrepreneurship? What, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? No, I did not come from a family. Well, my, my grandmother used to do hair. So okay. she was an entrepreneur. But my mother and father, um, my mother was um, assistant superintendent of Fulton County Schools. And my dad was an engineer at Lockheed. So 
Um, they really, honestly, because they were so protective of me, they were fearful of me venturing out into the entrepreneurship space because that wasn't something that was familiar to them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I just knew that I wanted to be my own boss. That's what entrepreneurship meant for me. Um, when I was a little girl, I used to play store. I always wanted my own boutique. And even before I had my consulting company, I had an online store um, where I, you know, I, it was called, it's called Conversation Pieces Boutique. And so I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I really have. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things I'm really excited about is, you know, I've, I've, I've had VB Consulting for 18 years. That's an IT consulting okay. firm. But I just recently became a serial entrepreneur. Okay. Well, how did you become a serial entrepreneur? Well, let me give you, let me tell you why. So we talked about VB Consulting. We also talked about the foundation. So I had the foundation. Um, what I think is really important for every entrepreneur is to have a philanthropic arm. Mm -hmm. You've got to give back because money is an exchange of energy. So mm -hmm. you got to pour into other people. If you want to come up, you got to help other people come up. That's really important mm -hmm. to me. Um, but back to the uh, entrepreneurship side. So um, this building, not this one, but the one next door, I would patronize and go into because I love College Park. I went to school at Woodward Academy. My kids go to school at Woodward Academy. Is that I close to, to here? Yeah, it's right across the street. Okay. It's, it's a school right across the street. And I used to live behind this spot. I lived in College Park for many, many years. Always wanted to live in this area. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a, a business here in this area. So there's a spot that became available. And I said, oh, I really would like to look at that spot, but it's probably something that I can't afford. Let me let me go just check that out. So I had a realtor go and look at the spot with me. And it was a spot that I used to patronize a lot. It was a boutique. Mm -hmm. It was a boutique. So long story short, I said, I want to buy this spot so that my consultants have a place to work. I was buying it for office space. Okay, it needed a lot of work. So as soon as I closed on the spot, the neighbor next door said, I understand that you're looking for office space. I want you to come and look at my spot. Had no intentions of buying another building, right? But as soon as I walked into the space, I said, oh my goodness, this is ready-made, turnkey. Consultants can walk in here and use the space. Is there any way that I could potentially get both of these spaces. And God worked work that out. Mm. So the next spot is the wellness spot that we are um, renovating right now. It's a fitness and day spa. That's the last spot that we bought. That's, you know, people say, well, you bought the whole block. They're four storefronts. So in a matter of November of 2019 until now, we have four buildings. So it's not just the businesses, it's the buildings. And that's something that I want to encourage, especially African-Americans to invest in. It's great to have a business, but it's better to have the building where right. your business is, right? Absolutely. So we have, um, now we have a building, Pop Shopolis, a business, Pop Shopolis, and it is for... Um, that's the... Uh, yes, right Pop Shopolis, okay. ATL on Main. This is a pop-up space for aspiring entrepreneurs. Now, we're in a pandemic right now, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks don't want a year lease. They don't want a six-month lease. They don't want a three-month lease. They just may want a weekend. 
They right. just may just want a day. And Pop Shopless ATL offers that ability to do that. So there's an upstairs and downstairs, and we have pop-up fitness, pop-up cakes, pop-up... Um, one girl came and she did a reading there. She did filming at Pop Shopless. So we are really excited about that. PopShopLessATL.com. We're very nice. excited. And that was an unexpected business because mm -hmm. what I wanted to do was use that for office space. And then I bought the other building, right? So now I have office space. And then I said, well, let me let someone come and rent it out. Well, in a pandemic, it's hard for someone to commit to a year. So I had Absolutely. someone in the space. I had not planned on doing another business. But she moved out. She took everything online because she felt like that was better for her. But I said, there's something that we can do with this space. And pop-up shops, that's what we're doing. What that's it, what we're doing. What, what does that mean to you to be able to not only create opportunities for minorities, but help other businesses that may not have the resources, like you said, we're in a pandemic, so they can't, they may not be able to afford their rent. What does that mean to you to be able to create opportunities for minorities? What it means is it's very humbling. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, I know it's not me. I, I really want to be clear about that. And mm -hmm. I, it's, it's just God using me. If he says, Valerie, I want you to do this. Sometimes I say, Really, Lord, you want me to do that? Are you sure? Are you right. sure? But I have to do, I have to go where he tells me to go. And so I'm just, remember what I said, it's not about me. That's, that's, that's my mantra for my life. It's not about me. It's where me moving, where God wants to move me so that I can bless somebody. That's my purpose. You know, everybody keeps talking about, well, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Am I supposed to be this? Am I supposed to be that? My purpose is supposed, I'm supposed to help people. Absolutely. Everything that God has blessed me with, it's not about me. Absolutely. It's not about me. For you, what would you say is the um, hardest part of entrepreneurship for you? Um, the hardest part, I think, is first, you don't ever have enough time. You know, right. I'm always, as an entrepreneur, my mind never rests. Like my 15 and 14-year-old will say, Mommy, can you just relax? As an entrepreneur, you're always trying to think about how you can reinvent yourself. You're always thinking about the next project, the next client, right. the next idea. That is, you know, like my mind is always racing. Um, so that would be one of those things. I, I don't ever think I have enough time but really, you do. It's just I, I could do better with time management. But I have a lot of things I on my plate. And I do think I, I saw one uh, one of your other um, folks that you interviewed. I would agree that being an entrepreneur and a businesswoman can be very lonely and isolating. You are constantly making decisions. There are just sometimes where you just don't want to make any decisions. Wow. For example, if I go out with somebody and they say, hey, where do you want to go eat? I don't want to make that decision. You guys decide and I'll just show up because you're constantly making decisions. So that would be the part. Yeah. But the good, but see, remember I told you how you have to turn it to good. I'm grateful that I can make decisions. Right. Because, you know, sometimes we're on jobs where we can't make decisions. Mm -hmm. So to That's have true. the opportunity to be able to do that, it's a blessing. Yeah. It's like you said, entrepreneurship is, is, is never ending process. And like for me, setting up these interviews, like, I was, I'm always thankful for everybody to take the mm -hmm. time and come sit with us. But then it's like, you know, okay, what's next? Like, who, right. who, who, where are we going next? Right. Who are we going to have on? So it's just like a, a constant grind. 
So it's like it's it's never ending. And sometimes I'm bad with um with time management too. Because I have kids and it's like I want to make time it's for tough. family. You do. But it's you like, do. Man, you know what? I I just want something that they'll be able to look back on and, and give them something. That's something right. That, that they that's can right. Have. A legacy for them. And exactly. that's something we do. That's a challenge for our community. It is. Is what legacy are we leaving? Mm-hmm. Right? What legacy are we leaving our children? Yes, home ownership is great. Having a building, a storefront is better. If my daughter says, Mommy, I would like to have my own practice. I want to be a doctor. I would love to have a place set up for her to have her own practice. Right. You know, I still want her to work hard. Now, that's very important. We don't give anybody anything on a silver spoon. But legacy is something that I think we all need to do better with. Absolutely. Because it's it's so many times, you know, when we got some, I had some T-shirts, these T-shirts made. And I went, and the guy that made the T-shirts, he was like, you know, my dad had this business, and he got sick, and then eventually passed away. But he started this business, and, you know, I didn't want to let it go away. So he gave it to me, and he still has that business. And I guess he's going to pass it down to his children. It's exactly. And one of his coworkers is the same thing. Like, his, his grandparents had some land. It had, like, three farms. Right. Before the grandparents passed away, they gave each one of the grandchildren a farm. So wow. Like so many times. Wow. Our community, we don't have those things that we can pass down to right. our children and grandchildren. So right. it's something that we need to, to change because a lot of times when we're growing up, we see our parents, all we see is them just getting up and going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I guess eventually they'll tell us, we want you to do, uh, go to college and get a great job so you don't have to struggle like we did. Right. But eventually we still may fall into the same thing. We have a great job, mm-hmm. but then we still doing the same thing, just repeating that cycle. And it's like... What are we passing down mm-hmm. for generations? And mm-hmm. it's so important, like you were saying. Yeah, the hard work. Yep. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things, so many things I have. Like I, I said, know, I know we have to cut off because yeah. I have another interview I and I really hate right. that. Maybe we can have a part two. We can absolutely Maybe have a Maybe we can have two. a part two. One of the things I want to ask you before we leave, though, is like entrepreneurs, you, you have to take that leap of faith. And we mm-hmm. had Dr. Lakeisha Hallman on and she... Uh, she said a lot of things like when you know it's time to jump and how to be prepared. It's like you you may look at, make sure you have enough for money put away for a rainy day mm-hmm. or take a look at like health insurance. Those things are important. What else would you add to that for entrepreneurs that have to take that leap of faith? Well, it, see, whenever people ask me about advice with entrepreneurship, I mm-hmm. want to, and it's funny, a, a lot of kids from Tuskegee ask me, um, what would you do? It, it all goes back to discipline discipline faith and so discipline in your meditation time discipline in your work because nobody's going to tell you oh you need to go do this you know you have to make some decisions as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. right and so I think discipline because again I'm up at 4 a.m and I don't stop I have people that work with me say Valerie I don't know how you do it and I'll be honest with you I don't know how I do it either, mm-hmm. but I think it is just being centered because I have discipline. I don't, I don't compromise when it comes to my spiritual walk. I have got to center myself. And when I'm off and I don't spend that time in the morning getting centered, my day is not good. Right. And so you have to also get into a routine, find your routine, find your rhythm and don't get discouraged. That's the one big thing with entrepreneurship. So many times folks get discouraged and they just say, I'm not doing this. But you have to know within yourself that this is something that you were destined to do. 
You you gotta believe in that. And you and like the song says, sometimes you have to encourage yourself, even when other folk don't. You Absolutely. have to be able to do that for yourself because remember, like we talked about earlier. It could be a matter of minutes when your whole situation changes. Absolutely. You can have, like I told them yesterday, you can have a thousand, ten thousand no's, but you only need one yes. You only need one yes. And I, I do remember my one yes that just changed my whole trajectory. And we'll get that on part two. Absolutely. One more quick question before we get out of here. <laughs> this is the Cross the Line Podcast self-investment tour. So I, I've yes. been asking everybody, what does self-investment mean to you? Oh, oh. Self-investment means that you are focused on improving your abilities. Self-investment means self-fulfillment to me. Because when you self-invest, and I I go back to my same themes, when you self-invest, you're investing for other people. This is this is my definition because you're investing in yourself because it's not about you. When you right. come up, other people will come up with you. Absolutely. That's what I believe self-investment is. Absolutely. Miss Valerie, I know you have to go. I want to thank you for taking this time. We enjoyed it. Like I said, I had so many questions that I didn't even I know, ask. but we, we just, need a part um, two. We'll we, do a part we, two. We absolutely In the holidays, will. we will. Yes, ma'am. We more, we'll be more than happy to come back. Before we get out of here, do you ha- can you tell anybody how to find you or do you have any advice you want to give me? Oh, wow. Okay, so I do have to give the handle. So uh, the IT consulting company is vb consulting yeah vb-consultinginc.com and pop shopolis is where we want some entrepreneurs to come and look at our space um that's pop and we are on main street in college park right across from woodward next to brake pad um bvbfoundation.org for aspiring female entrepreneurs if you're looking for grant money and scholarships please go and apply. And for those companies that want to donate, there's the ability to do that as well. And coming in 2021, January, the wellness spot, which is our day spa and manicures, pedicures, massages, please come out the wellness spot, ATL.com. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, Ms. Valerie. Thank you so much. Um, We appreciate you. We'll definitely have to do another part two to this because this was a great interview. I enjoyed the conversation. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this. Till next time, keep chasing the dreams. This is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. Thank you for listening.